I'm Tavis Smiley. That's Aaron Neville, recent guest on this program. His uh, memoir is finally out. Uh, after all these years, it's, it's quite a quite a book. If you've not uh, uh, seen it or heard about it, uh, great Christmas gift idea. Uh, Aaron's book. A lot of great books out. We've talked about uh, over the last few months on this program. And Brazel uh, Howard, our guest in a moment, is going to tell it like it is. 35 years um, after uh, we first commemorated World AIDS Day. Uh, I was thinking last night, I cannot believe it's been 35 years since the first World AIDS Day. Uh, That's, uh, what, three and a half decades, and I'm fascinated uh, to learn more from the board chair of the Black AIDS Institute about the status of black folk and AIDS three and a half decades later. Griselle Howard, good to have you on this program. How are you today? I am doing well. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you for being an HIV advocate. No, it's my my honor and uh, my delight to have you on this program. Um, so let me start with this. Um, you've been you've been in this, at this for a long time as an advocate. Um, does it feel like that long for you? I was I was saying earlier that I, as, in preparing for our conversation today. I, I pause and ask myself, when's the last time I even heard the word AIDS? I mean, we, we live in a world now where at one point this was a death sentence. HIV was a death sentence. And so much has changed over these three and a half decades. Magic Johnson, thankfully, is still with us uh, and others are still with us. Um, it's been quite the journey uh, from the Reagan era. Uh, but uh, give me your sense of, um, of of what this journey has been over these decades. So. Uh, I appreciate that you have such a uh, broad band of knowledge on the space, Tavis, and you're right, 35 years tomorrow. And we have two things to do, reflect and then speak truth to ourselves in an unapologetically black way. What does Mm -hmm. that mean? 35 years ago, it was a death sentence for everyone. 35 years ago, the messaging for the black community was the wrong message. This was not a white male gay disease. This was an American crisis, as Jocelyn Elders shared with us. However, today, I feel like we're in deja vu, and we must level up. When you said you hadn't heard the word HIV or AIDS, you're absolutely right, and it just reminds all of us in this struggle that we have to speak about HIV every day, the way we speak about health and our financial security especially in black communities. Why? I got in this fight because black heterosexual women were not at the table. And today, black women over the age of 45 are the fastest group in America contracting HIV. And you're right, it is not a death sentence, but for some people in Alabama, Mississippi, New Orleans, it is because many black women are diagnosed with AIDS, not HIV, which means the earlier you know your status, the better your life will be. And if you haven't had an HIV test, then you're not living. You need to know your HIV status, like you know your Social Security number or your PIN number for your bank card. Mm -hmm. You said a lot there uh, that uh, warrants interrogating. Let me start with this. Uh, And I'm not naive in in asking this question, and I'm certainly not stuck on stupid, but that, that, that stat you just offered is damning that black women above the age of 45 are contracting uh, HIV AIDS faster than anybody else. Um, and to your point, which we'll get to in a moment, this the messaging at least started out with this being a gay white male disease. So just, just, just I want to just pause for a second. Think about this. 35 years ago, as you just heard Griselle say, this uh, disease was being uh, presented to us as a gay white male disease. 
35 years later, black women above 45 are the ones uh, uh, contracting, coming down with HIV AIDS faster than anybody else. Just think about that flip. Think about that flip over three and a half decades, which leads to my question, Grizel, why uh, are black women um, still contracting HIV AIDS at that level? I will answer the question and say we're the fastest growing group today. However, the number one group in America are still our young black men who have sex with men. Mm -hmm. And so, and as you say, interrogate, let's interrogate us as a black community. The messenger always matters, Tavis. Mm -hmm. That's why you have resilience. That's why we have other clarion voices. And we're not a monolith, right? So Mm -hmm. we need every voice. And every voice should be in the HIV discussion. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, with the National Black Caucus of State Legislative Officials. We are educating them. We are mobilizing them because at every level, here's what we have. Young men between the ages now of 12 and 30 mm. who have sex with men. We can't count one, two, three. We can say one, one meaning for every two young men, one of those young men will contract this virus. Mm-hmm. Then you flip it over to what we call primetime players. You're 45 years old in America, and you're lucky enough to be a black woman. You should know, one, how you can contract HIV and how you cannot. Mm-hmm. So knowing your status and understanding the virus. We know so much about HIV, and we know nothing about COVID. So if I showed up at the house and said, I have COVID, be like, girl, let me get you what you need, get you to the doctor. If I show up at the house and say, I was just diagnosed with HIV, you say, wait on the doorstep, G. Mm-hmm. So the other thing we have to do in community is what? Sterilize stigma. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that's why you haven't heard the word HIV in our community. Yeah. We stop talking about the painful things. Furthermore, let's keep it real. We have to also talk about the things that have just culturally happened. At the advent of HIV or AIDS or even as, you know, it didn't have a name early on, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, and Cheryl Lee talks about that in an amazing way. She's a New Yorker, I'm a New Yorker. And we remember when it was called GRID, they didn't know what to say, didn't mm-hmm. know what to do. Everyone was afraid. But we kept hearing, it's a gay male white disease. But there were black women dying then. Mm-hmm. but we didn't know or you were going to the hospital and they tell you your husband died of pneumonia and then you go home and six months later you sit mm-hmm. nope okay no, press pause nope. press pause right and where are we today 35 years ago we did not have performance enhancing drugs code for uh, Viagra Cialis pick one today we have culturally shifted not just black America but America so before performance-enhancing drugs, at some point, Papa went to the house. Today, no one has to go home. You can have the best sex life, healthy, safely, when you want, long as you want, as long as it's safely. So we have to address that. 45-year-old black woman may be divorced. She doesn't know. She's just focused on pregnancy, not on sexually transmitted diseases and HIV. Hold that thought. I'll come back to that point in a moment here. Um, There's a lot to interrogate. Uh, uh, Grizel, uh, or, or G., if I can call her that, uh, is on a roll. Uh, and I've got questions, uh, including how we, how in fact we go about sterilizing stigma. And she made an earlier, earlier point about how this messaging, of course, was so wrong at the beginning. I'm curious as to how it got so wrong. Again, more to talk about with Griselle Howard as we uh, mark the 35th commemoration of World AIDS Day tomorrow. You're listening to Griselle right now on Tavis Smiley. Hope, agency, dignity. This is Tavis Smiley. 
sounds different. Huh. This, this is Tavis Smiley. Tavis Smiley and Grizel Howard, uh, who is the board chair of the Black AIDS Institute. Uh, tomorrow we will commemorate the 35th uh, World AIDS Day. Uh, and uh, I wanted to invite Grizel on our program to get a status update on black folk and HIV AIDS. And uh, she is delivering, uh, as you as you might expect. Um, um, so you, you were saying before that break, Grizel, I had to cut you off. I'm, I apologize. You were talking about performance enhancing drugs um, and how the culture is changing. You were making a point. Finish that point for me, please. I'm really making the point that if we are reflective and speaking true to ourselves, the reflection is 35 years ago, we didn't have things in our lives that enhance them today, but also require us to be much more personally responsible and informed and also be guardians of our messages. If COVID didn't teach us anything else, it provided us the opportunity for the black people in America to demand a public health model that is responsive to us culturally, mm. with the common sense of what we used to call mother wit or grandmother wit, and with evidence-based solutions for us, by us, about us. Mm-hmm. And then we must, we must speak truth to ourselves. And Maxine Waters did it and does it brilliantly. Speak the truth to yourself. If you know uh, you are man-sharing, if you know you are engaged in high-risk activity, then know your risk and protect yourself because you can engage in the activities you desire safely. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we have the breakdown. Yeah. And uh, the com- conversations come up, well, gee, I'm tired of seeing the commercials on TV. Do you know what the commercial is actually informing you of and not informing you of? We have pre-prophylactic and post-prophylactic biomedical inventions. These advancements are brilliant. They can, in fact, will suppress a person's viral load in HIV. Mm-hmm. And uh, they can live healthy, loving lives. To, to, to your but po- our community doesn't know that. Yeah, to, to, your, to your point, um, let me do this right quick and I'll move, move on to some other things I want to cover with you. Um, what, is, what is your assessment of the advances? Um, we, 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 know, we know the trauma. We know the drama that still exists. Uh, we know the risk uh, that you just discussed that still exists. But what do you uh, make of the advances we've made over these past 35 years? We have advanced to a space where you can live a healthy, happy life that is not a death sentence, have children and great relationships. What we know is that information, that scientific data has not trickled down and impacted the black the community the way it has just straight talking, the white gay community or the white community at home. Mm-hmm. The white community is virally suppressed from HIV. The United States government has a goal of 2030. We're not going to make it, Travis. We're F minus today. Mm. And we're not and, 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 and going to make it why? Primarily because of lack of awareness? Lack of awareness, lack of understanding, stigma. Mm-hmm. Stigma. Yeah. We have homophobia, transphobia, chauvinism yeah. in our community in a way that will, and shame, let's talk about shame sometime, right? Mm-hmm. So the things we're discussing are uh, the conspiracies kind of of silence and secrets. Mm-hmm. 
When's the last time you had a conversation where someone was talking about having um, sex safely? Let's introduce again. 35 years ago, people who were swinging, they all did. Mm. Now in our community, again, the word polyamorous. Ooh, really? Okay. And then uh, sex parties. No judgment. Let's do it all safely. Mm -hmm. And what we know today is some of the youngs are actually engaged in it more safely than 45 and over. So this is an intergenerational opportunity, very much like the civil rights movement. Many people are not speaking about it, but tomorrow on December 1, not only will we be reflective and commemorate the advancements in HIV science, we must also uplift Rosa Parks. So it's not maybe by chance that there's an intersection of what? A civil rights movement and... Up until COVID, the most deadly and frightening virus. Mm, I see what you did there, Gazelle. I like that move. I like I like your get down. I like your get down. I see how you wove that December one Rosa Parks moment in uh, with World AIDS Day tomorrow. I, I see I see your get down, and I like it. Uh, let me let, let me ask you since you raised it earlier. How one? Uh, it's it's a beautiful phrase, but a lot easier said than done. How does one go about sterilizing stigma? Speaking truth within the race. Mm -hmm. It is unacceptable that we stratify the race. We can't unzip the black suits, so let's all get in the same pool and say, I may not understand a non-binary. I may not understand all the new pronouns. I may not understand any of that, but I do understand all of us wanting to be healthy. Mm -hmm. So once we understand the public health model as it is today and what we need to be as black people in America and live healthy lives, live well, fair? Diabetes, hypertension, what did we learn? Those things were the worst things to have during COVID. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, here's the secret. The mRNA virus known as COVID may actually be the grandmother of HIV. It's the same type of virus, but we haven't, we haven't distilled that information in our community in a way we can understand it. Now, the stigma sterilization is going to require us to hold a lot of people accountable. And I know you're a PK as well, mm-hmm. but we have to start from the pulpit <laughs> to the whole house. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you said that because I, I wanted to ask you, and I, I literally, if you were in the studio, you could see my notes. I just scribbled something while you were talking. I didn't want to didn't want to get too uh too far afield from and that is um uh, and i'm thinking of uh, all the people i've talked to over the over, over these 30 years of my career uh, my career seems to overlap <laughs> this uh, hiv uh, hiv aids world today uh, 35 years ago um but i'm thinking of all the people i've talked to Giselle, uh, over the years and early on and even beyond early on there was a pretty uh robust indictment of the black church um, you recall that very well. Um, and since you mentioned that uh, I'm a PK as well, um, what, where, where, where is that conversation now about the role, uh, the culpability, the complicity of the black church, the responsibility in this moment? We can uplift some ministers, pastors, and spiritual leaders. Those there in L.A. and around the country, we can certainly uplift some, but the black church as a whole still is in the same space. Mm. And the faith-based community must be held accountable from the pulpit as well as the congregants. And black women must take the lead in this space. Mm. 
Now, some of my sisters get angry about this, but being a black feminist, I must tell you, if the black woman is not leading the sterilization of stigma, who will? That's just culturally what happens in our community, right? Mm-hmm. Hmm? Aren't we the grapevine? Oh, yeah. So if Big Mama says it's unacceptable, now we have momentum. <laughs> <laughs> and if Auntie said, Mama said, now we leveling up. <laughs> and then you can't say the derogatory words you want to say about your cousin. Mm-hmm. So you have great people around, but we have to galvanize now. Convene ourselves and understand that in 2023, on December 1, persons most impacted by HIV look like you and I. Yeah. regardless of their sexual orientation. Mm. I'm still, uh, I'm still uh, processing and noodling and frankly laughing uh, at that line you used a moment ago uh, about uh, big mama. I I had a big mama. We, we, my big mama uh, passed away basically at the age of 90. Uh, Some years ago, I miss her every day. I miss her every day. Daisy May Robinson. Glad you asked Daisy May Robinson Um, or miss Daisy. Everybody, everybody in the neighborhood called her. Uh, I just called her Big Mama, and uh, I was fortunate to have my Big Mama live with us. Um, so uh, certainly for the last um, uh, maybe 10 years or so that I was at home uh, off, to, off to college, Big Mama lived with us. And uh, and so I had the, the great honor of not just visiting her in the summers in Mississippi for many years, but when she got got up in age, she left Mississippi, came to Indiana to live with us. And so I had her in the house and uh, spent a lot of time with my big mom. I miss, I miss her dearly, but I love that line. When big mama says that we got momentum, I was, <laughs> I was just saying, uh, to a guest, uh, on this program yesterday, G, I was saying to a guest that, um, that movements are very rare. Social movements in this country are very rare. And my frame is you have a moment. If you're fortunate, G, that moment builds momentum and that momentum turns into a movement moment momentum and movement i was just saying that yesterday here you come now uh with uh, your big mama line which i love that may be the line of the day on it in fact it is the line of the day on this program it's the best one i've heard all day in all three hours uh when big mama says it we got momentum i, I love that i just had to, so let's make yeah. that for march too for women's history month baby because we have to sterilize stigma yeah no i love it i love it i love it um let me circle back i got four minutes left here with you let me circle back to the point you made earlier that i said i wanted to get uh, to and i will now and that is how 35 years ago we got the messaging so wrong. You've already indicted it. Uh, I'm just curious now as to how you think and why the messaging uh, was so wrong coming out the blocks. Well, that was just because of the, the data. That that was the largest population. White gay men at the time were, uh, were the largest population that it appeared to uh, be impacted. And you must also uh, remember there was a lot of fear. I mean, medicine, medicine is not usually so... Uh, miffed, if you will. Mm. There was just so much fear, so much of the unknown. And you and I both are compassionate people, so we can understand that. But today, the other issue that we must say is the challenge is today, the funding in HIV has been very politicized. Mm. And it was almost like a seesaw. So if it was a young gay man, the money went there. Now we say MSM, so the money is focused on young MSM. The money today is trying to really galvanize the community around the transgender community, mm-hmm. transgender male and transgender female. Well, now just level transgender and then layer that with race. How many times have you been in a conversation about the transgender community with black people? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, let's swing over to my cohort, 
heterosexual black women. We are misinformed and either stigmatized. Why? When I started being a volunteer at the Black AIDS Institute, the National Coalition, 100 Black Women, and all the other agencies at NIH and HIV, the first thing people came to me and said, oh, are you all right? Like, this is not the sexy place to spend your time. Mm-hmm. So there's a stigma when you say the word HIV. Or people today say, is that still around? Or, gee, nobody wants to talk about HIV. Well, I'm telling you, we all must speak about HIV in the black community. So maybe this is our civil rights move, huh? Mm -hmm. No one is coming for us. We are the ones we've been waiting for. I asked and to, we must hold the government accountable. Yeah, and and, and to, to your point, right quick, how, how do we how do we do that in this moment, thirty five years later? We must vote, mm-hmm. and we must educate the state, local, elected, and federal officials. They have, listen. The money for HIV is going away. Forty three, President Bush in March was confident TechFAR, which is one of the greatest things of his presidency, along with the Honorable Condoleezza Rice. TechFAR is always reauthorized for five years. Tavis, yep. it's only been authorized for one year. I saw that. And it's his party. I saw that. It's his party. And so the House of Representatives on the domestic policy on HIV reauthorization of Ryan Whitehoney, they don't want to give us any money. Mm. They want to collapse HIV into a commutable disease. Hear this if nothing else. HIV, you may contract HIV through sex or through bodily fluids, but HIV is not a sex, you know, not an STI. Yeah. Nope, I hear you. You see the difference? I get you. Okay, it's a chronic disease. Mm -hmm. And it's a chronic disease in a medical public health model that neglects black people. Mm -hmm. So if black people commit to sterilizing stigma, understanding our wellness opportunities collectively, and then respecting the segments of us, the homosexual, the transgender, the non-binary, heterosexuals, collectively, we can virally suppress our community. You are you are you are yet another example, G. Of why I love New Yorkers. Y'all y'all just y'all just give it straight no chaser. That's that New York in you. It's just it's just straight no chaser, and I love it. Uh, I celebrate your work and witness today, and all the years you've been engaged in this fight uh, to enlighten, to encourage, to empower, and to inspire us, and to um, keep us honest. Tomorrow uh, marks the 35th commemoration of World AIDS Day, and I am grateful to Grizel Howard. Uh, who is the uh, chair of the board uh, for the Black AIDS Institute. Grizel, love you. Thank you for your time. All the best to you. Hey, thank you so much. And I will let Andy know you calling me by the way he calls me, Andy Horn. There you go. You do that. You do that. I love you, G. Uh, More Tavis Smiley when we come forward.